Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insight and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing developments in the Eurozone fixed income market this year with portfolio manager Anoki M. Lamy. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist. Arnaud Guillem, if we think about the developments we've had in fixed income this year, I mean, it really comes perhaps at the end of a phenomenon we've experienced over the last, gosh, 30 years perhaps, of this great bull market in fixed income. And at the same time, we've been anticipating the end of that bull market off and on probably for a decade. It's been called for many times, uh, but perhaps it's finally here as we see interest rates going up and, and everyone now appreciates and expects them to continue to go up. So on one hand, the environment that we're having to face uh, is this really huge transition uh, from a world of kind of seemingly incessantly declining interest rates to now uh, rising interest rates. And of course, the question is for how long and, and how far. Then we add to that the biggest energy shock that we've had since the OPEC crises in the 70s and 80s. And of course, that on top of uh, one of the biggest shocks with the pandemic that we've seen perhaps since the Depression uh, and World War I or two. So a lot going on. And just as a very simple indicator of the volatility that that has generated in the fixed income market, if we look at the MOVE index, which measures fixed income volatility in the way that the VIX index does for equities, you know, that's near all-time highs again or has been off and on so far this year. So with all of that, let's start with the question, you know, how do you see the volatility that we've had, the turmoil we've had since the beginning of the year? It's lasted through the summer. How do you explain it? Well, interest rates went up from the beginning of the year to the beginning of the summer. The theme was clear, high inflation, and of course, the additional central banks hikes to come. Over this period, there were no developments to stop the trend. We Prices increasing and growth decreasing. And remember that the GDP growth has been negative in US during the first quarters of the year. The focus has shifted from inflation to recession. And investors have started to believe that central banks may have to switch to a dovish stance as soon as 2023. So this has caused market interest rates to ease somewhat despite still high inflation. Volatility has remained very high because investors have little faith in their own forecasts. Forecasts for inflation have been wrong for several quarters now. They consistently underestimated inflation on both sides of the pound. So with less faith in these forecasts, investors avoid taking too much risk, cutting their positions quickly, and the quick swings in the market from one side to the other. In addition, the geopolitical background is something investors are struggling to anticipate, as most people do in general. In a nutshell, volatility may remain quite high. Looking ahead, growth for Q3 may surprise positively in Europe given the very low expectations. Tourism has been strong in Spain, Italy, Portugal, Greece, and France during this summer, and this may offset the weaknesses in other sectors. In addition, inflation in Q3 will keep being fueled by higher energy and food prices, so there will be continued pressure on central banks and on yields. However, this may not last till the end of the year. Indeed, Tourism will have less of an impact during the fall and winter, while the pressure for inflation on purchasing power may drive down demand. 
inflation may stabilize or even retreat at the end of the year. Also, on the back of base effects, energy and raw material prices were already much higher in October and November of last year than in the summer of 2021. We have also seen recent falls in some raw materials and agricultural prices, hence this potential uh, stabilization or retreat of inflation. Let me pick up a little bit more then on the inflation angle with all of this. Now, we appreciate uh, that, of course, some of the inflation that started last year came about because of the end of the pandemic, uh, supply, demand imbalances, all of that. But of course, it was given a really big boost by the conflict in Ukraine. And ultimately, or again, a good part of it really uh, is driven by supply side shocks. And typically, the rule is if it's a supply side shock, central banks can't do a lot about it. Uh, and consequently, raising interest rates uh, to lower inflation generated by a supply side shock isn't really the recommended tool. So the question, why is the ECB still raising rates? Indeed, it's true that hiking rates may not do much against inflation when it's due to an energy supply shock. Current inflation is mainly driven by energy and food prices, even if some of it is filtering through to other products and services. Inflation is not due all that much to demand. Therefore, raising rates to reduce demand and lending may not do much to lower inflation. However, we believe raising rates remains necessary. Indeed, the euro-dollar exchange rate has dropped from 118 in July 21 to below parity recently. Since today's inflation is imported mainly through our energy and food prices, which are priced in dollars, the weakness of the euro is fueling inflation. Raising rates is a way for the ECB to support the euro and stop inflation from being imported. We do expect the ECB to keep raising rates, at least to the level of what's expected from the US Federal Reserve in order to stabilize the euro, at least in the short run. So we expect a 50 basis points hike in September. And on my side, I tend to say that the risks are now tilted more towards a bigger 75 basis points move rather than a 25 basis point increase, given that there are no signs of inflation stabilizing so far. We, we need really to keep in mind that current economic numbers have more weight in this market environment than they had in the past, given all the uncertainties and limited accuracy of recent forecasts, as I mentioned earlier. However, on the medium-term horizon, as I said, with inflation stabilizing or even retreating, so there might be less pressure on the central banks going forward. We expect the yield on the 10-year German boon to remain at around 125 to 175%, which is quite a wide range. We expect the two-year 10-year yield curve to flatten further as well. Indeed, even if given all the uncertainties, especially around inflation, we believe long-term yields need to incorporate a bit of term premium, the euro yield curve is still far too steep compared to the inverted US curve, especially in this context of potentially zero growth or recession at the start of the year. Now, inevitably, when you have an outlook, of course, one uh, is always humble, appreciate things may not develop exactly as we anticipate. So the inevitable question, what are the risks to this scenario? Well, besides the geopolitical risks, uh, one of the main and less often discussed risks for fixed income markets lies in the impact of the increase of the minimum wage in Germany. It will rise from 10 euro per hour at the beginning of this year to 12 euros an hour in October. So far, we don't expect this to have a real second round effect on inflation elsewhere, since we don't see it spiraling over to the rest of the German economy and even less so outside of Germany. Uh, 
However, it remains a possibility that would trigger much more inflation and would change our inflation scenario. And by the way, it's interesting to note that the ECB already included a higher German wage growth into its forecast, according to its press release in June. We've talked a lot about government bonds. Of course, there are risk assets that we want to consider because really that's where a lot of investors are going to be able to get some return. Uh, how about credit? On one hand, we see a recession looming perhaps sooner in the Eurozone than in the U.S., but even then, perhaps by the second half of next year, the U.S. may be facing a recession. Should investors be changing their asset allocations now to get out of risky assets? So from an asset allocation perspective in Euro fixed income, we tend to favor proxy swap products. In fact, spreads between German rates and swap rates are now at extremely attractive levels. Five-year swap spreads went up from less than 50 basis points at the beginning of the year to just below 90 basis points in August. Five-year swaps give you a yield of more than 2% compared with just 115% on five-year German bonds. So to benefit from this, we tend to favor bonds issued by agencies, which is public entities, but not states, uh, and covered bonds, since their behavior is very close to that of swap rates. This allows us to earn a strong yield pickup with very limited credit risk. On corporate bonds, we have a positive view on your investment grade credit in the medium term. Spreads are definitely attractive, having risen from close to 100 basis points at the end of 2021 to close to 200 in August. Uh, While well, in the meantime, the fundamentals have remained good. Upgrades from rating agencies are still outnumbering downgrades this year. Overall, the question for investors remains, are we paid enough for the risks we're taking? And if we look at the CDS index for investment-grade corporate bonds in Euro, which is the ITRAX main, this implies a default rate of more than 8% over five years. That is much higher than the historical average. This has been around 1% and much higher uh, than the worst five years, which was 4%. So for us, this confirms our view that credit spreads are attractive uh, in the medium term. However, in the very short term, uh, spreads might remain under pressure in September as bond issuance picks up again. So we may not rush into credit before September, but instead wait for the primary markets to see more issuance and then raise our credit exposure. Thanks very much, Arnaud Guillaume. If I can summarize some of the points that you shared with us. I mean, fundamentally, the market does seem to be swinging its attention back and forth between inflation fears on one hand and then back to worries about growth and recession. Uh, and that's one of the key drivers for the volatility that we've seen. Your other point that despite this being inflation generated by supply side shocks, the ECB uh, is right to be raising rates and will continue to do so uh, to really bring supply and demand back into balance and hopefully get inflation back to target. When we talked about the risks, uh, you mentioned that, of course, there's geopolitics, which we're very much aware of, but perhaps a bit less aware of the minimum wage hike uh, in Germany and what that might do to inflationary pressures. And then finally, when it comes to risk assets, uh, in particularly credit, you know, as it most often does or should, it comes down to what is the compensation you're getting for the risk you're taking. And, and as a result, uh, you do see opportunities in Eurozone investment grade credit. Well, Arno Guillaume, thank you very much for sharing your insights on the Eurozone fixed income markets with us. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. 
If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out our website, Viewpoint, for all our investment insights. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You'll receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. If you like the podcast, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. Just before you go, I'd like to mention that the Talking Heads podcast is available on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash BNPPAM slash playlist and click on Talking Heads. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris, and Arnaud Guillem-Lamy. Please do join us next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.